You ever have a piece of scripture that just leaps off the page and you focus on it and think about it and meditate it on it all week? Well, for me, that was the first line of the psalm that we read this morning. Teach, me, teach us to number our days. And I, I kept thinking about what does that mean? So teach us to number our days. What I came away with is it reminds us that every, we all know, every day is precious. But also, what are we doing with our lives? What is God calling us, or who is God calling us to be? What are you going to do with your one wild, precious life? Comes from a poem, The Wild Geese. And I thought about it all week long, especially in the last 20 months where we have been locked away, not able to do the things we love to do, not associate with the people we love to be with or go on vacation or do all those things that we want to do. We have been forced to number our days in terms of how much longer, and that's the next, later in the psalm, how much longer, Lord, how much longer? And how many of us have not uttered those words? When is this going to end? When will this pandemic come to a close? When can I have my life back? Well, what I heard this week was, our lives are not coming back to the way we once knew them. There is no old way, there is only a new way. And we have to learn to adapt to the new way. We have to learn to number our days in ways that give us meaning. Not just in our social interactions, but our, in our interiors. What do we think? What do we read? What do we meditate on? What do we watch on television? In yesterday's Guardian, out of London, there was an article about a man who hired a life coach. Now, for those of you who are not familiar with the term, a life coach is a person who's not necessarily a psychologist or a therapist, but he or she gives you the needed kick in the pants. And I've referenced my own life coach. Sometimes my behind is a little bruised when we get done. And she can always sense when I'm very reluctant to follow the advice that she's given me. But this gentleman is a writer, and he was just procrastinating terribly. He was locked away. He wasn't able to go to his regular coffee shop to be with the people that he liked and knew so that he could work and write. He was coming up against a deadline. He had to have a, a book deal ready to go. He at least had to have a summary of what he was going to write about. So he talked to his coach, and the coach told him he needed to find a way to make this happen. So the man went off to a hotel room for three days, locked himself away, and wrote 15,000 words. The life coach asked him why he did it that way, and he said, if I hadn't, I never would have finished. I never even would have gotten started. 
I numbered my days so that I would be ready to go, ready to submit this proposal to the publisher. God is our life coach. We just have to pay attention to him. And sometimes that's pretty darn hard. I don't want to always do what God wants me to do. Sometimes I want to do something that seems a lot more fun. <laughs> but I've also learned that God has my best interests at heart. And that when I follow what he tells me and listen to that little voice inside of me, I will follow the path that he wants me to lead. And those are difficult roads to hoe sometimes. I don't know how many of you have watched the program Ted Lasso on Apple TV. I was a latecomer. I thought it was only about English football, and I have had enough of English football to do me for the rest of my life. But it's not, a, football is part of the story, but the other part of the story is that Ted takes a job in Can, in, from Kansas to London, where he's going to coach a football team. They're terrible. They're going to lose every single game that they have ever played. People call him names, they swear at him. When he goes to the pub, they yell things at him. And Ted's response is, well, thank you very much. And he continues on with the path that he thinks he needs to follow. In the next season, the story carries on, but it sort of morphs into other characters as situation comedies have to do. One young player is being uh, wooed by a man who is very, very wealthy. He's a very good player. He's very popular. He's taken unpopular political stands with and for the team. He's really at a crossroads. He has a decision to make. And he walks into the boss's office. And he says, I'm going to do what I feel I need to do. And I'm not going to pay attention to the criticism. He has numbered his days. He has decided what is important to him. And he is going to follow what his heart is telling him. His father has told him on the phone, you don't need to give an answer right now. All you need to do is get a mic that works, is wait and the answer will appear. We all need that advice at times because we all want to rush ahead. We want to make a decision today. We want to know what's going to happen tomorrow. Don't go on vacation with me. I've got the whole thing planned out from the moment the plane takes off until the moment we get back home. There's no spontaneity in that kind of a life. God wants us to be open to possibilities, to try to understand what is in store for us when we don't even know what is around the corner, to trust. And when the young man comes to Jesus, you notice in Luke's gospel, he is the rich young ruler. In Mark's gospel, he is a young man. 
we are to assume that he's very wealthy because Jesus tells him to sell off all of his possessions. And he walks away sad. He doesn't bother to query Jesus about what do you mean by that? Am I supposed to give it all away and not have anything to my name, which in ancient times would have been very difficult? Or am I just supposed to follow you, Jesus, and watch my life unfold? But Jesus loved the man anyway. He didn't say to him, come on, man, get with the program. I told you what to do. He allowed the man to be himself. And if Jesus was disappointed, he never let on. We know the man was disappointed because he was hoping to get a free ride. Or at least be told, oh, you don't need to worry about those things. But we all need to worry about numbering our days. And that's what Jesus was really telling the man. What is important to you? Is it stuff and money and things and property? Or is it relationships? A relationship with me? A relationship with God? A relationship with your temple? It is, is it paying respect to yourself or giving yourself away so that others will like you? That's what the story of Ted Lasso is really about. Do you give yourself away so others will like you? Or do you hold fast to your code of life? Do you number your days so that when you lay your head on the pillow every night, you are happy and satisfied and content with the decisions that you have made? They may not be perfect decisions, but were they made with a right heart and a right soul? That's what Jesus is calling to the young man. You don't have to live like I live, but number your days so that your life has meaning. We should all follow his advice, because I do believe that when I follow what Jesus is telling me to do, even though I may not like it, it's a lot easier. It's a lot more fun when it comes down to it. I know when I lay my head on my pillow at night, I've done the best I can. So how are you going to number your days? Who are you going to follow? What is important to you? Those are the things that we focus on. Those are things we all should be focused on. Number your days. You'll be glad you did. Amen. Amen.